right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Oh, baby, what time is it? You are listening to MMA Fancast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Payson. Welcome to the show. Today we are joined by Jonathan Pierce, known as JSP. He's an alum on the UFC Contender Series, where he got a contract with the UFC. He currently has an MMA record of 9-4, and 1-1 one and one in the UFC. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's so great to have you on the show. We are exactly a week removed from your pro, uh, pro grappling win last Saturday at the convention center there in Tennessee. So kind of walk us through how you got connected to the Showcase MMA Matt Mania and how that whole event went for you. I got connected uh, with the guys back here at home. Um, I took my last fight with them before I went to Contender Series. And uh, they called me up 24 hours beforehand. They're like, hey, do you want to grapple this guy? And I was like, sure, why not? And I uh, just jumped on it and went out there and had fun. Okay, great. Well, walk us through how it, how it went. Um, I went out and I pretty much dominated the whole time, you know, kept good top pressure and it was in a cage. So I got to work a lot of my uh, grappling that I would do in my fight. And uh, I ended up finishing with the arm triangle or some people call it the side choke. Right. Absolutely. Good. I, I cheat and I call it the side arm triangle choke. So I just blend the two together, but that's, that's wonderful. How often do you use that technique? Um, that's been coming along here more recently. Uh, my background's of wrestling, so a lot of the front head submissions are really good for me, but I'm also really tall and skinny, so fi I'm more built for fi MMA and mixed martial arts and jiu-jitsu, so it's a new thing for me to learn, and it's pretty cool because I have a good foundation and I wrestled in college for a little while so it allows me to also use my wrestling but not only go for a finish that isn't going to beat my body up yes absolutely um and given the fact that that you had such a great outcome and you said you're feeling good to get into it wh where do you think you're going to go as far as uh the grappling world you know i want to keep doing it and uh you know i'll probably i'm not I would say it's more of my weakness, but I think, you know, if you concentrate on your weaknesses, they end up becoming your strengths. Like when I first started wrestling, like I wasn't good at all. I was probably the worst on the team. I got beat by the girls. And then by the end of it, you know, I got second in the state and then just went on to college. And I never thought I would ever fight. And then the first time I got in a fight, I realized how good I was. And then here I am in the UFC eight years later. Yeah, absolutely. You got a great story. And I, I always think it's it's good to encourage people, particularly people that listen to this show that are kind of following people on their journey. We cover a lot of regional MMA and then up into and including the Contender Series and UFC. It's always good to point out that um, hard work and dedication, doing what the coaches say, training really hard, um, oftentimes is better than just being good. Because a lot of people get into MMA, they're good, maybe they're athletic, but then their, their work ethic isn't there. So that's a great thing. Talk about work ethic. You're currently training out of Fight Ready. Talk to us about how that's going for you and kind of where you are in your training. I uh, like it out there. You know, after the Lozon fight, 
I think I hurt my shoulder back before I even got on contender and then it just like continually got torn and torn and torn and in my contender series fight he popped my arm at the end of the second round and I was coming off a five or six win finish and you know I thought I could perform at the at the level I was but the Lozon fight was a good lesson for me because you know I realized that I'd fight better at 45 I match up a lot better I can turn around a lot faster and I'm not fighting such big guys and uh yeah like you know, I'm I'm blessed to be able to fight Lozon for my debut in the UFC, and you know it taught me a lot of things about the sport on the highest level. And uh, to some people, you know, like that don't fight would see it as a setback, but for me, it put me right where I need to be. And I'm excited to get back out there and show the people what I'm about. Well, hey, that's great. Thanks for talking about the Lozon fight and. You were coming off the Contender Series win where you got a knockout, which was obviously a great showing in the Contender Series. You got the contract. But for for anybody that knows UFC, Joe Lozon has been around forever, has something like close to 40 pro MMA fights. So what are some of the takeaways? You say you kind of want to focus on 145 where you can be uh, good reach and and speed and all that. But just going in there against a guy – with 40-some pro fights, and, and there you are with about 12, 13 pro fights. What was that like to take that matchup? You know, it felt like until I – this is me speaking post-fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like, you know, uh, it was a great experience, but it allowed me to see where I'm at in the game and that, you know, to fight the top levels – guys at 55 i need to be a little bit bigger like i walk around at 75 70 ish and you know they're probably coming back in the cage at 85 90 and on top of that they got years on me in this sport and i think lozon was 36 and i was 27 at the time so i was just a little bit underdeveloped and you see that a lot with the younger guys that come in into the sport because you know, once you get hurt, you got to fight with that the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to catch me in a bad spot. And I feel like, you know, that fight could have played out a lot differently if I wouldn't have, you know, fell down the way I did and then try to strong arm him. If I would have shrimped out or kept it in the center, I think I could have thrown hands a lot longer and had a better showing that night. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, like it's a blessing in disguise and I'm not I'm not upset with the loss. Uh you know, hopefully I'll get to return to Boston and fight somebody and be able to you know, redeem myself, redeem my debut because that's that's how I view the um Boston Square Garden, the Madison Square uh Boston arena, you know, and I and I and I remember that memory and it's like going into my first debut, so there's a fight. My whole hometown was in that building, 20,000 people. There's, that's like a fight. And then I'm fighting Lozon. And it's one thing to say I can beat that guy, but then it's another thing when you're standing in front of him and you're actually fighting a legend. And you're, I'm looking at him, I'm like, dang, I'm actually fighting this dude. So it felt like four or five fights in one. But, you know, not that I didn't come in underprepared, just that now I know what I have to prepare myself for. And that's a big thing that people don't realize. Like, when you go from high school to college, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. And then when you go from the college level to the NFL or whatever sport you do, 
like there's another leap there so you got to be able to make those adapt adapt to those changes and move forward with the process because uh you know if you don't you just kind of fall off well absolutely and something that i'm really impressed by is um, you look at the Lozon fight, you learn from it, even your analysis there on some of the moves you could have done. You mentioned shrimping and kind of trying to get yourself in a better position. Um, that, that's all helpful because part of MMA is not only physically doing the fight, but also mentally uh, kind of game planning as you go and flowing and reacting. And like you were saying, it's a big transition to go, even from the contender series to fighting a, a guy who's a legend and veteran of the sport. So it's a a huge learning opportunity and obviously just as a nation everybody in the last three or four months has been dealing with corona so what's that been like to you as far as training uh if you work or, or kind of where you've been in the last couple of months with the corona stuff so after the Lozon fight i tore my labrum and i had to have seven acres put in my shoulder so it was kind of like a blessing that the corona happened and everything got shut down because it allowed me time to recover. And when it first happened, I was kind of laid up for the first three months and uh, didn't really know what to do. And I decided to come back home. So I came back to Tennessee and I just started working. I'm framing with my dad. So I'm getting work in and off the clock. And, you know, that's, that's one thing about us country boys that, the, you know, the people that don't do that type of work, they don't realize that, you know, that's a grind too. And like, if I could count the number of times I swung that 28 ounce hammer, you know, I know every time I swing that, I'm getting my shoulder a little bit stronger. I'm thinking about my next fight and getting to it. And not only am I doing that, I'm putting money in my bank account that's allowing me to follow the dream. And, uh, you know, training with the Corona going on, I came back to my local gym and I just started from square one and you know, you got to remember where you started to go forward. So I'm just like rewriting the book now and uh, I'm excited to get back out there and show everybody what I've done in the dark that I haven't been showing, you know, posting and sharing because what's done in the dark is shown in the light. Oh, absolutely. And what a great uh, reminder for everybody to recognize that, even though, you know, people get on the UFC and start fighting for the UFC, making money, saving money, having the opportunity to work for your dad um, is a real blessing. And, and that's a big part that we only see as fans, somebody fight maybe once a year, twice a year, if they're really fighting out of their mind three or four times a year. But there's so much that's done outside of the cage, both in life and also obviously in training. And like you were saying, what you've done in kind of the secret, the dark, that Corona has sort of put a lid on most things um, is going to pay off. As far as the labrum shoulder surgery goes, it's good to hear that you're in the recovery process. Obviously, you just took this pro grappling bout on a day's notice. Uh, specifically, how did the shoulder feel going live against somebody who wasn't really worried that you had a shoulder issue? Um, I was very cautious of it. Like, I'm a pretty flexible person, uh, so I just don't have the full flexibility that I used to have in the snap right now, but I'm only at, right now, we're sitting at seven months and three weeks from a major surgery. Like, I have seven right. anchors in my shoulder. So, it's just about getting that pitching arm back because it is my right hand, right. which I, I believe I do 
I can switch stance and I believe I actually throw harder left-handed because I wrestled for like seven, eight years competitive with my right foot forward, so which is southpaw. Southpaw. So I can yeah. move. I can I can kind of do a little bit of it all, and um, just putting the pieces together and strengthening other things so I don't have to work as hard in the fight. Another reason why I'm going to 45, you know, get a stricter diet. You know, at this level, it, it it's more important to stay on a stricter diet even when you're not ready, like having a fight because I could call you at a moment's notice and it be lows on, you know, like yeah. he could come back. He could come back and fight me for a rematch after I go and fight a few fights because he said he's staying on the drug testing pool. So, you know, you got to be ready for whoever because you might go in there saying you're fighting this guy and the next thing you know, it's Connor. So that's the name of the game at this point. You got to show up for work and be ready for whatever happens if it's raining or if it's sunny, you know, and, and I think uh, I, when I first went in, I wanted to fight all the best. I wanted to fight the Clay Guidas. I wanted to fight, you know, the the Donald Serenos because, you know, those guys are going to go down the Hall of Fame and I can build myself sure. off of that. And it, it's not a lose. It's a win-win for me because they're supposed to beat me as the new up-and-comer. And if I go out there and, I, and the night is my night, then I really hit it big and then it's like, you know, stocks go up on my name and, and – it's a lot more than just fighting a contender guy. So now I, what I've realized, it's like, all right, I've done this my whole life. I've, like, I want the best guy. And I could do it until I got to this point. And I'm like, okay. And it was a little bit of a humbling experience. And it's like, okay, there are levels to this. Like, now I see why I do belong in the UFC. But I also see why you don't just come in and you fight the champ. You know, that's that's not the way it works. you got to climb the ladder just like everybody else. So, you know, it's also important in business to make smart business decisions. So I feel like you all see me doing that this year. And not that I'll turn down a fight. I feel like that's what the Lozon fight showed everybody. That I'm willing to fight anybody who'll step in that cage with me. And, and I respect all those opponents because they've been through what I've been through or probably more. So, you know, this is a game of respect, and I, I have a lot of respect for Lozon, and that's why I wanted that fight when they, as soon as they shot it across the table at me. Well, it's a great mindset to have to focus on what you not only learned from the Lozon fight, but also recognizing that um, in the UFC, you know, different than fighting contender guys, everybody's been putting in hard work, and obviously you belong there, and you're going to keep getting better. You're still young. Uh, starting off with a veteran, like you said, is a win-win because you get experience against a person that's at a, you know, at, at a more seasoned level. Um, with, with everything going on in your shoulder, like you said, it's a, good, it's a good time to kind of have corona to slow things down. So in, in a perfect world, in your understanding, uh, what would be the month that you'd like to get back to the UFC if – if the matchmaker worked and everything was perfect and maybe Corona had lifted, are we talking fall, um, early next year? Like, wh where are you thinking when you're counting your recovery from your shoulder? Right now, some days I'm waking up and I'm feeling 70%, and some days I'm waking up and I'm feeling 90%. It just depends on the day. But at 45, like, if I get the right matchup, I'm, I'm ready to fight right now. But – let's not jump the gun. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to like 
tell that, you know, I'm trying to tell Mr. You know, Jai to Mr. Heckle, I'm trying to tell him to calm down a little bit and be a little bit smarter and go right. in there uh, more composed and uh, do this as a sport and not like just to please the fans because at the end of the day, the fans win either way, you know, so they get to see a fight. But uh, I think I think I could fight in, you know, on a three weeks notice, you know, okay. with the right matchup. Well, like you said, it's a great attitude to have to be willing to take all comers and fight on a couple weeks' notice. Glad to hear that your shoulders at that point, uh, like you were saying, it was your right arm. Your right arm is what got the knockout. The right cross is what got the knockout in the Contender Series. It's also great. Anytime you can connect to switch stance, being comfortable in both stances, I hadn't mentioned it when you first said it, but wrestling all those years from what is Southpaw is a great experience to have to get used to having your right foot forward. Uh, but you were saying, you know, making better business decisions, realizing that this is your career, this is what you want to do, and being in the UFC, like they always say, getting to UFC is one thing, staying in the UFC is another. And so, obviously, it's exciting to chat with you coming off a win. Uh, a pro grappling bout is still a win. It's nice to stay active, get back into it. Um, going back to that a week ago, who was in the building, given Corona and, and just how unique the situation is? What did they kind of do as far as crowds go? You were in the convention center, so it sounds like it was a big place. But kind of what was their testing protocol? Kind of how did they run it? Because we see what the UFC is doing. There's a fight uh, tonight that the UFC is doing, um, and they're doing a ton of testing. So what was like the behind-the-scenes related to Corona for your grappling bout? So as soon as you first walked in, they made you do a temperature and wear a mask. And they're like, hey, you know, if you're warming up, it's cool if you don't wear a mask. But, like, as soon as you come out, you need, a, you need to have a mask while you walk out. And you need to put your mask on if you're out, there, out and about. Or they're going to come and holler at you and be like, hey, you need to put your mask on. You know, we're, not, we're trying to be as safe as we can. And uh, they had, like, people six feet apart if they weren't in their small groups. Like, if they didn't buy tickets together to sit with each other, they were separating everybody. And uh, they had, like, hand sanitizer stations and stuff like that. So I think they did a really good job on that. Um, and I think, you know, it, it'll still surge. But I think the corona is, you know, kind of ran its course. And, you know, the media controls a lot of what's going on and saying if it's, if they're, if it's going on real bad or if it's not. And, you know, you got to get down to the facts and figure out what's really going on. You know, and uh, as a competitor, I'm not so much worried about catching the corona and, and say I, my next fight when they test me, like, I'm sure I'll be good uh, to go and I won't have the corona. But, you know, for like my grandma's sake, I don't want to get it and, and pass it on to her. So, you know, you got to keep all spectrums uh, in your mindset. But at the same time, I think it's not going to affect my fighting career or the competitors as much it's just you know we got to make the big man happy at the end of the day absolutely and that's a good point to point out that um i'm glad to see your the promotion that had you do it safely dan has been all over saying that you know particularly fighting pro sports football when you have you know 20 people out there it might be a little bit more challenging i know they have a game plan but for fighting grappling you know one-on-one -on -one sports you should be able to do it safely Obviously, we still 
care about coronavirus. We want people to be healthy. But, but there might be a better way to do things. And it's great that you got some live action. Um, even though it wasn't full MMA, still got in there, got going, which is wonderful. Uh, you've already talked about your game plan to go to 145. Uh, and obviously that's going to be the UFC's decision to kind of find you a match at 145, which is super exciting. When you look at 145, you've mentioned it already. Um, are there people in mind? in the 145 um, that you'd like to go at? Or l like you said, are you just looking for whatever match they can give you? Well, I think at 145, I belong at the top 25 in the world. Okay. So any, anything in that range, there's some guys that fought on local promotions that I came up on. And uh, like I was looking at, um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, he fights out Clarksville, Tennessee, and he lost his debut. Okay. And he fought Bob Bobby Moffat beat him on Contender Series. Uh, can't quite think of his name right now, but. And I definitely and they're just local, just guys that I would have been fighting anyways if I wouldn't have got into the UFC. You know what I mean? Because that would have been the next step in my chapter anyways. And, uh, like, I watched uh, Charles Rosa fight in Boston, and I really liked that matchup. I think I match up well with him on the feet. I think he matches well with me on the ground. So it will be a good scrap. And not to mention I have a wrestler's background, so I feel like I can control the positioning of the fight, which will allow me to stay on the feet and knock him out. Absolutely. Well, it's good that you have a, a – a game plan as far as what type of opponent you're looking for. And, and that's the, that's the part of the UFC that people might not always realize there's about 500 people on the UFC's roster. And so not everyone's going to be the top five household names that people know it's important to work your way through guys. Like you were saying, there's people in the UFC that are right at where you, you were, which is, a really good regional fighter who's also now in the UFC and doing well. And, and that's a good thing to test yourself against, get some of those guys that are in the UFC level, but not, like you were saying, top 25, not top five or not top 10, to, to start out, to get your shoulder back, to get going, which is great. And it's been wonderful to have you on the show and get an idea of what's going on. Um, obviously, you mentioned your dad. Who are some of your um, people you want to thank kind of in this time of your life, which has been a little over seven months of your rehab, who are your main people you want to thank? Because even though most people only watch fighters when they're in, one thing I like to do on this show is to, to bring a, a humanity to the people that are fighting because it's not just one or two nights a year that they fight. There's a lot going on. So who are the people that are important in your life during this recovery rehab time? I want to thank all my teammates out at Fight Ready. I also want to take, thank everybody at the lab that allowed me to start the UFC journey as well. You know, even if I don't train with you still, you're still a, on my team and you've still been a part of my process to get to this point. I want to thank my coaches out there uh, at the lab and also at Fight Ready. And I want to thank the coaches here, the local coaches that, has watched me come up because people don't realize how important it is to stay with the first group of people you come up with because they've seen you grow. You're not just a new guy that comes in and they're like, oh, well, 
what has he got that I don't got? Because they haven't watched you grow and they haven't been a part of the whole process. And I think that's really important too. Like uh, Connor stayed with his first coach. And I think yeah. that, you know, your bond is closer when you go out there and fight and you can look across from one and one another and you ain't got to say a word you know he's got your back you know he wants you to win and he knows the right things to say to you and has the chemistry right i'd also like to thank sean dunn uh he worked with me when i broke my jaw uh back before my second pro fight so when i came back home i rewrote the book i rewrote mm. it completely so i came all the way back to square one worked with him and i'm getting my posterior chain back i'm getting uh a diet down and um yeah i just and i want to thank all my closest friends and my mom and dad and everybody that supported me and you know that that those are the true homies those are the people that are allowing me on the outside to see what i can't see and it's a it's really important you know to keep those people in your life still even though that you're competing because i went on the road for two years and you know left everything in my like I lost my granddad, so you know the bill just had casualties now, and not only that, I tore my shoulder. So I'm I'm hoping for really big things in 2021, 2022, and uh, and I don't say 2020 because you know I might push it all the way till November, September before I even fight this year, and it's just at this point just making smart moves flowing with it and enjoying the ride because it's not the outcome oriented it's about loving the process of what you do it's having the passion for the sport that's one thing i've learned when i first got in i was passionate about it but then i was like show me the money that's not mm -hmm. what it's about you got to stick to your roots you started this because you're passionate and you love it and it's not about the money at the end of the day because who how many people get to say they got to fight on espn during the corona you know that's a very small group of people and and the ufc is now you know with the corona going on showing that they're the apex predator to be to be um to be watched out for you know absolutely what a great uh shout out to all the people that you were saying that's been important to you not just in the fight game training game but in life uh there, there's nothing really more important than what you do in life even if you have an incredible fight career who you are as a person as a son um potentially down the road husband father you know all that stuff is, is way more important you also gave some great connections to your gym both gyms you've trained at before and now so it's been it's been incredible having you on uh the show today uh congratulations again on your win last week uh i think myself as well as the mma fancast uh gang really can't wish more good things for you in the future. And we want to keep watching Jonathan J.S.P. Pierce in the future. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you.